This morning we have two scripture readings, both from the book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16. So we're going to read 16, 8 to 13, and then Dabney is going to come help me as we jump ahead to 16, 31 to 34. So I'll read the first one, but Dab, you can come up now and be ready for, for the second one. Come on, hold on to that for me. <laughs> Here you go. All right. So let's, let's hear from this book about remembering what God has done. Give praise to the Lord. Make his name known. Tell the nations what he has done. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell about all the wonderful things he has done. Honor him because his name is holy. Let the hearts of those who trust in the Lord be glad. Look to the Lord and to his strength. Always look to him. Remember the wonderful things he has done. Remember his miracles and how he judged our enemies. Remember, you his servants, the children of Israel. Remember, you people of Jacob. Remember, you who are chosen by God. Heavens be filled with joy, let the earth be glad. Let them say among the nations, the Lord rules. Let the ocean and everything in it roar, let the field and everything in them be glad. Let the trees and the forest sing with joy, they will sing before the Lord. He will judge the people of the world. Give thanks to the Lord because he is good. His faithful love continues forever. Great, thanks for your help. I want to start with uh, just a, a prayer. This is an adaptation of the prayer of, of St. Patrick. It comes from a kind of a dispersed uh, Celtic Christian community called Northumbria. Let's just go before God together in this word to him. Christ as a light, illumine and guide me. Christ as a shield, overshadow me. Christ under me, Christ over me. Christ beside me on my left and my right. Be in the heart of each to whom I speak, and in the mouth of each who speaks unto me. Christ as a light, Christ as a shield, Christ beside me on my left and my right. Amen. So I feel like if you ask people on the street to describe the feeling of this moment or the mood of 2023, I'd be kind of surprised if the answers that came back were, you know, hopeful or optimistic. You know, that's, that doesn't seem like the feeling of the times that we're in. There were some recent surveys done in Western countries that have found that people have maybe the lowest level of confidence in the future that has been seen in a very long time. And some of that is, is economic. In the rich countries of the world, people feel like we've hit this tipping point where upcoming generations will not do as well as previous generations. So the goal of ensuring that our children have more prosperous lives than we did doesn't seem realistic to many people anymore. But many people are also caught up in fears about the wider world, especially people who spend a lot of time online where they can absorb every detail about war and climate change and political instability or incompetence or, you know, the list kind of just goes on and on. 
People are having fewer children today, and a growing number of them say that a big reason for that is their fears about the state of the world that those kids would grow up in. It's not the main reason, but it's becoming a larger number of people who are saying that's why. That's a sad state of affairs, really, especially for the people who live in the richest, safest, most productive and technologically advanced societies that have ever existed. We're the ones who don't feel like the future is bright. <laughs> people feel differently in places that don't have half of what we do. But still, many people feel that we're almost helplessly trapped on this doomed ship of some kind. And I am certainly not saying there aren't big problems in our worlds, or that our society is fair, which it is not in many ways, or that we're giving all the opportunities we should to upcoming generations. There's plenty of real and depressing things going on around us. But one of the precious messages that the people of God have to offer our anxious world is that we are not helpless, nor are we hopeless in the face of whatever it is that comes our way. Followers of Jesus, for one thing, know that we matter to God, so much so that the Son of God would lay down His very life for us. I think of the address uh, that Peter gave to people in Acts chapter 2, which I'll read from verses 22 to 28, where he says, listen, people of Israel, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles and wonders and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and he, his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and you killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back up to life, for death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him, I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad and my tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope, for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life, and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. As followers of Jesus, we also know that what we do matters. As the church, we are the hands and feet of Jesus in a broken world that God loves. And so rather than despairing at the things that we cannot change, we look to the people and the situations right in front of us and see where we can, in fact, extend God's love. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 10, verses 23 to 25, some may be familiar with this verse that says, Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. See, let us hold tightly to the hope that we have without wavering. I feel like I've been kind of ruminating on this a bit lately off and on, and how we do need to hold tightly to the hope that we affirm, or it can slip away from us. Lots of things can sap or steal away our sense of hope. I mean, exhaustion can do it. When you are worn down, it becomes harder to maintain your hope. You start to experience fear or doubt that you wouldn't otherwise be troubled by. It just it gets tougher to believe what it is you do believe. Suffering can do it. When people suffer harm or loss, there's 
or something happens to them that threatens their future, threatens to destroy or steal away their, their life or their plans, that can dim hope. That can push people away from God, the God that we think ought to have prevented all this hardship. Isolation can do it, right? Let us not neglect our meeting together, this passage says. When we're surrounded by hopelessness, well, then we absorb that. And this opens us up to the lies of our enemy, the spiritual force of evil that will tell us that God cannot be trusted and that there is no future, no good future to look forward to. So we need each other to hold tightly without wavering to the hope that we affirm. And so when we, when we gather to offer prayer and praise, that can refuel our hope. When we study scriptures together, we receive from those words of hope something that can anchor us, something firm, something that doesn't change with every passing year or whim of the culture around us. But the thing I wanted to focus on today is in remembering together the great things God has done. And this is all over those selections from the book of First Chronicles that uh, we read earlier. Right? Tell the nations what He has done. Tell about the wonderful things He has done. Let the hearts of those who trust in the Lord be glad. Remember the wonderful things He has done. Remember His miracles and how He judged our enemies. Let them say among the nations, the Lord rules. Give thanks to the Lord because He is good. His faithful love continues forever. It's good to remember our own experiences of God, to cherish these. How has following Jesus brought life to us? What have you been rescued from through Christ? What gifts have been given to you on this journey of life and faith? How has God transformed you, either in a very sudden way, perhaps, or in a very gradual way? These and what if we just look back and remembered? How do we not lose track of these things? And these are the things we're meant to bring into our praise to let them become the foundation of our hope. But we really need each other's memories and stories as well because we can't experience everything. And so it strengthens our faith to hear how God has entered into the stories of the people around us. How have they seen God at work in and through them? Because if we're ever wavering, if we're ever struggling to hold on to hope, then we need to lean on the hope of others and the remembrances of the wonderful things God has done. And the church is a place where we sometimes come to express our faith or strengthen our faith, but sometimes we come to lean on the faith of others. And sometimes we get to return the favor. And this connects to one of our mission markers, that the fluency and the good news because the Bible is beautiful, it is helpful, it is powerful, but sometimes I don't want a Bible verse, sometimes I want to know why somebody else believes it. And the people outside of the church, they don't often find Bible verses terribly compelling. That doesn't hold meaning or authority to them off the top. How many people know what First Chronicles is, let alone care what it says? But they may care about what has changed your life for the better, or the source of the hope that makes you different that perhaps gives you a peace that they lack in this anxious and sometimes angry world. So this is why I urged people when we talked about fluency in the gospel to think about a way that they could express their own faith story or some little piece of it, to be able to say something that they know that God has done in their life. And so this morning, I'm going to talk a little less than I sometimes do and leave a little more time for a couple of faith stories 
a couple people from our, our leadership team today are going to come and uh, offer little faith stories of their own just to, to show what this is like. But if, if you have a faith story, if you have a cause of hope, then you know, there'll be an opportunity for you to share that today if you'd like. But we're also just trying to set a pattern for something that we'd like to offer that opportunity again. And maybe that will be your time as we seek to, to connect with one another and know each other's stories and strengthen each other's hope.